0: How come you can have a perfectly great life, keep a good job, have good relationships, but this one thing can be so sideways and that just never made any sense for me in my own life, so I'm glad you're taking it on today.
1: Welcome to Life, Love, and Family. What I started doing in my childhood with food, I probably am still doing today. I'm looking for that comfort. Now Christmas cookies are a special treat. The more she bakes, the more I eat. And sometimes I can't get myself to stop. Sometimes she'll wait till I'm asleep, and she'll take the ones that I didn't eat, and put those little sprinkly things on top. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, sugar. I sure do. Like those Christmas cookies babe. The ones that look like Santa Claus, Christmas trees, and bells and stars. I sure do like those Christmas cookies, babe. Away, How are you supposed to enjoy the holidays when the temptation is around every corner? And maybe you've found that it all started about that time trick-or-treat and you started doing a little bit of sweets then. Had some candy. And you go, oops, and you've just kind of continued. In fact, you may be like a gal who I've worked with who told me she would hide her sweets in various places at work and at home. Kind of like an alcoholic would hide alcohol. She would hide her candy and her treats because it was her personal stash. And here we are. You're not pleased with what you're doing. You've struggled with weight for years. And for some, it's been one diet after another. I'm Dr. Greg Jantz, and this is Life, Love, and Family. And this is work that I've been doing now 30 plus years. Seeing people set free from the bondage of a food addiction, an eating disorder, whatever label you put on it, maybe you're a diet addict and it's always the next one. And you saw one last night, you saw an infomercial, that was on TV, and boy, you go, that's gonna work! And the temptation to get over there and pick up the phone and order whatever it was. And you know, if you open up the kitchen cabinet somewhere, you've got all those powders and mixtures that you've had before and you've tried before, and some of them have been there for a while, because you didn't quite complete the process. You may really feel like you're losing the battle. Food is everywhere. Holiday parties, there's the goodies in the office that if they're not showing up yet, they will. Have you seen all the tasting samples out there and all the displays in the various grocery stores? Okay, and you want to celebrate too, and it's just like, this is not fair. It doesn't feel fair. And that struggle, you're reminded because how painful this really is to not be in the place you want to be. I've worked with folks who tell me, you know what, when I look in the mirror, I'd just I have to look from my neck up. I just can't can't face myself. And you begin to develop this shame and this body image issue that says, people have used the term with me in a counseling session that say, I'm disgusted with myself. Let's talk about how to navigate the holidays specifically this year and have a different relationship with food. How do we have gratitude and celebration and yet not go to extremes? Sam Kelly is in the studio faithfully with me. Hi, Sam.
0: Hi, I'm so glad you're talking about this. This is something So real, and I've struggled with that most of my life. And it's funny, you can make jokes about it, the self-deprecating humor of the cookies win, the pie wins, whatever the jokes we make. But it is what you said is true. It is a very serious thing. And the thing that always surprised me was how come you can have a perfectly great life, keep a good job, have good relationships, everything else in your life is good, but this one thing can be so sideways, and that just never made any sense for me in my own life. So I'm glad you're taking it on today.
1: Oh, we are taking it on, and we need to discuss it. And I just want to also acknowledge just how sensitive of an issue it can be. Mm -hmm. When we talk about food, it ends up we end up talking about weight, or we talk about body image, and then it feels like a sense of failure. So just going into this topic. In fact, for some, using the word diet is like, oh, I feel like I've failed already. And the word diet is not a positive word. After doing this for so many years working with folks, I can tell you I see people who do change the course. So let's talk about it realistically. Let's talk about why holidays are difficult with food and how to navigate it differently. Is there a person that actually will put food on your plate for you? (laughs) Is food love? In other words, oh, you are going to love this. I made it just for you. And you're going. I'm already full. <laughs> yeah, you're afraid to say anything because if you do, they go, "What? You don't like what I made you?" Or, or there's a comment that kind of has a sting to it.
0: Well, how do you handle that? Okay, I wanted to just be in that moment because I think we all have people in our family who do that, and you wouldn't hurt them for the world. Like, no, my dad, no. I would never do anything to make yeah. him feel terrible. What's the gracious way as someone's saying? Do you want some? Do you want
1: more? Well, I'm going to put it in a positive, Uh which is the truth is I love your food. This is so delicious. I've eaten as much as I can. Give me a little time. Okay. This is so good. So compliment them and almost compliment them a little tad to the extreme. I know it sounds funny, but make sure they really do know. This is wonderful. I love it. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. All you're doing is hitting the pause button. Postpone eating more by giving a compliment.
0: And the enthusiasm, I love what you're saying, just above and beyond. Sometimes we feel weird when we do that, but it doesn't sound weird. Yeah, I love it. Now uh, you said getting together with family, it's complex. It's not just the food, is
1: it? Family brings in something called family dynamics. There's a pecking order in the family. It's everything from how you feel when you're around them. Suddenly you feel young, suddenly you notice know, emotionally I feel different. Maybe going into this house, it feels a little different. I don't think I like this, and you begin to notice some things emotionally, and I want you to be aware of that. You may also have a troublesome person in your life, and I don't know who that would be. It could be a relative or somebody that you are going to know that's gonna be there that has represented some hurt in the past. It could be emotional hurt. It could be something happened that was traumatic, and it could have been many years ago, but every time you see this person, it just kind of recreates all those old feelings and one of the things you might want to do is just overeat to numb those feelings. Yes. So be aware of these things.
0: I noticed with my family, I struggled yeah. when I was teenager with weight. And my mom always said, you're overweight, you need to cut back, and there was all this pressure. And what I would do is wait until everyone was outside or it was nighttime yes. and everyone was asleep and I'd sneak down to the kitchen and eat the raisins out of the raisin bran or you know, do something that I just was rebelling and wanting that food. And it's really interesting, for the longest time when I would go back and visit, yes. I didn't do this at my home in my normal life, but at my mom and dad's house, I'd feel like I'm gonna go down after everyone's to sleep and get some food. It Seems like it's such a strange behavior that there's so much more to it. What's the mental process if you find yourself in that mode? I'm stressed or there's something going on bigger Mm -hmm. than me. I'm going to go do this behavior I don't want to do. What is my brain supposed to say? Well, one of
1: the things, make an agreement with yourself ahead of time. I'm not going to do anything self-destructive. And that includes overeating, over drinking. It's usually an overdo thing. I'm not gonna escape and do something I'm gonna really regret later. So make that decision. I'm not gonna be self-destructive, so then what am I going to do? I may have to go outside for a 10, 12-minute chilly walk, but I'm gonna change my environment. So number one, change your environment. Number two, go out and do something physical. Even if it's a walk you don't really wanna do, but change your environment and do something, a physical activity, for at least 15 minutes. Don't disappear for hours and where everybody's wondering where are you? Where did Sam go? You know, it's like, don't don't disappear where you cause alarm. Right. But you can run off for 10 minutes.
0: (laughs) Right. Taking care of yourself. And I think that's when you're bringing up this subject, what we're talking about is how do you care for yourself in a way that is loving that God wants us to do. On Life, Love, and Family, we're talking about staying in control in a season of temptation. We're talking food here, feels like the whole world is against you. Here's a number for some help if you need it, 888 The Center, a place of hope. It's 888 771
1: I'm what's called a certified eating disorder specialist. It means I've been doing this for a long time. And it's something that is really dear and close to me because when I began 30 years ago, one of my big areas was working with folks who struggle in their relationship with food and we could call it an eating disorder some people like to call it disordered eating some say you know what i just diet a lot some will say you know i'm a compulsive overeater others may say i'm a binge eater and then there's something that we're seeing more of what we'll call night binge eating even to wake up in the middle of the night and kind of binge eat on unhealthy foods and then go back to bed and I'll have uh, clients who say, "You know what? I can't go back to sleep unless I do that. It's like my sleeping pill." And then there's some that get to the extreme where I keep moving away from food. I, I like self-starve for three days and then I binge. So it can be any combination of these. But how is our relationship with food? And the question is, why do I overeat? What's the emotions behind that?
0: Why is that important?
1: For some folks, it's stressful day at work. And so I get home and I go grab a bag of chips and I'm crunching through the chips, you know. And I have noticed a little pattern there. If you're stressed out or angry, we like hard and crunchy sometimes. Is that right? Yeah, it's a little pattern. Just see if that's true of yourself. When you get upset, you want something to crunch. And it's kind of almost a way of processing those emotions.
0: Have you found that it actually helps people process?
1: No, it just helps us overeat
0: feels better though, I'm gonna say that. When you do feel stressed yeah. at the end of a day, it does feel better when okay. you have something to eat that maybe isn't on your list. It, sure. Do you find that it, it actually is a physical transaction where people feel better at first?
1: Yes, because it numbs the emotion. I feel better and then later I regret. So that's really what it's about. The other piece that we wanna look at is, if I'm depressed or I'm feeling really low, I usually like sweet and smooth foods give me that half gallon of ice cream, I'll be just fine. (laughs) So just notice that pattern for yourself. But here's one thing that's very interesting to do. And I learned a lot about myself when I did this. When I feel like just going towards food, sometimes we'll say, I feel like snacking. Am I really hungry? You may not be. Something else could be going on. Make a deal with yourself, and it takes a little bit of time at first to do this, but if it's a journal, but have some private place where you can write, and just make an agreement okay i'm not going to go towards food until 15 minutes passes see if you can delay that impulse to go towards food by at least 15 minutes and during that 15 minutes just write a few things about what's going on emotionally what's the emotion i'm feeling am i feeling frustrated angry am i feeling hurt am i feeling embarrassed what's that emotion am i feeling lonely depressed identify the emotion that's going with the urge to overeat
0: when you did this, were you able to identify an emotion or did it take you a while to come to it?
1: I think it took me a, at least a week. Yeah. So, to it, really kind of really? see the pattern. Yes.
0: So, you just keep practicing, even uh, though it seems like I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm just writing randomly. Go for 10 days. Really?
1: Go for 10 days. Okay. Here's the freedom to give yourself I'll postpone by 15 minutes. I'll write a little emotional entry. And after 15 minutes has passed, here's what you get to do. If I still want that food after 15 minutes, do it. Really? Yeah. No guilt. You have the freedom to do it. You postpone it by 15 minutes. You identified some emotions. Ask yourself. I have the freedom to do it. But ask yourself, is this really what I want to do?
0: Does it change for people? You know, if they take the time to Mm -hmm. deal with the emotions and actually identify them and name them.
1: It's slowing it down.
0: Today on Life, Love, and Family, we're looking at the challenges of food temptations during the holidays. How do you find balance without feeling deprived? How do you navigate all the parties? The center is a place of hope. If you feel like you've got some disordered eating going on, they've got resources and help at triple eight seven seven one five one six six.
1: There's something called secret eating mm-hmm. that is perhaps a source of some great shame for some. And maybe you heard these messages that came from somebody in your family, maybe as you were growing up, who might say, you know, you'd be pretty if you just lost some weight. That's, man, that's a powerful one. Mm. Or, do you really think you should eat that? Haven't you already eaten? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hey, save some food for the rest of us. Wow. So these types of comments, which are really judgments, those are hidden judgments that have a shame factor in it, saying something is wrong with you. Right. Right. So maybe you didn't at the time, but now as an adult many years later, you're still rebelling against that. You have secret eating, and you're still rebelling from those old messages, and you're enjoying it. The question is, am I happy? Am I mistreating myself because of something in the past? Someone
0: else. It's almost like I'll show them, but in... What Mm -hmm. you're really doing is harming yourself. Any discussion about this subject, we have to bring up the book. It's Hope, Help, and Healing for Eating Disorders. And as you're listening, I know how it is. I've been through it myself, and you kind of think, I just need some time to sit and read and think about this on my own. And this book is a really safe place and a really great place to start Hope, Help, and Healing for Eating Disorders. And you can get your copy if you want at aplaceofhope.com.
1: There are those as well besides secret eating, which really ultimately means shame eating. I feel shameful about what I'm doing because I'm doing it in secret. I shared at the beginning of the program about the gal who would hide food. After a while, she really lost track of where all she was hiding her food and her candy bars and her secret stashes of food because really food became, in her case, junk food became her drug of choice. It was my way of self-medicating. When I feel hurt, when I feel upset, I don't really deal with it, so I just go and eat. It's my way of medicating. Is it addiction? Ultimately, it is, because where this took this gal was, she began then after work, on the way home, stop at various fast food places, but she actually got embarrassed that the same person would see her go through the drive through again. Sure. So she had different routes and different fast food restaurants that she would Go to out of the fear of embarrassment.
0: Of being seen too often at one place, ordering too much. Yes. The judgment, again. It must be hard, and I think about it with my mom, because I know she was really stressed with me being heavier and trying to figure out how to deal with that. How do you deal with it if you're the parent of a child who's you can see that pattern and you can see they're starting it?
1: With great love and grace and acceptance. The person that's struggling with food or weight is going to not really change, they're going to feel hurt. And they're going to probably keep doing that pattern unless they feel really loved and accepted. We've got to remember, we've got to shower with lots of positive and acceptance. If a person who's struggling with food feels a lot of judgment, it seems like it just drives that hurt deeper and deeper. This is why at times we need to not try to fix the other person, but to say things like, I really love you so much. Can you just tell me what's going on? How you're doing? I really love and care about you. And you can do that without talking about food or weight.
0: You're just caring about their heart. Yeah, what's going on?
1: Really do care. And then that'll give you the right to make the next level of suggestion. Would you like to go talk to somebody about this? Maybe we could help work that out. The whole time you're not talking about weight or body image, which is not going to be helpful.
0: It's interesting that we try to do the thing that Seems like it'll fix it. And when you go at it head on like that, it just pushes people the other direction. If you just joined us today on Life, Love & Family, we're talking about getting control over food temptations. And then the family patterns that contribute to that problem. You can restore health. You can restore balance, even when there's a lot of food around during the holidays. Dr. Greg Jance has a book. It's called Hope, Help & Healing for Eating Disorders, a wonderful resource for learning to see food as fuel and to appreciate your body with a healthy perspective. For more information and to get your copy of the book, you can connect with Dr. Jantz on his website at aplaceofhope.com.
1: There's no such thing as perfectionism. That's what happens when we get into this all or nothing. So one of the strategies to look at is, am I perfectionistic or all or nothing in my relationship with food? I'm either on my diet or I'm off my diet. I'm either eating good or eating bad. And it's Black and white, it's good and bad, and and it's a roller coaster because you keep going between extremes. So see food as I'm always working on my good nutrition. (laughs) Take the word diet out of it. I like to take the word exercise out too. I'm just becoming a more active person. Put it in the right positive light because if I'm working on my nutrition, I'm working on my health. If I'm working on my health, I'm feeling good about myself. Now, I understand that you may have grown up or you may have family members around the holidays who really are those people who are food equals love. Let's say we need a strategy for that. And when food equals love, you've probably learned that too. And so then I want to reward myself. Hey, I did a great job today. (laughs) I get to have whatever it is. And you're rewarding yourself. There may be other family members that you've noticed have food and weight struggles and you guys kind of all end up together because we all kind of relate to what's going on. And if you have people that you binge with, eat with, overeat with, I don't think it's best to hang out. For at least for a period of time, it means we're adjusting some relationships. So during the holidays with family members, are there any relationships that ultimately um, are toxic and that you end up doing things you later regret?
0: And being honest about that ahead of time. Yes. What about the God piece in all of this? Oh, I'm
1: glad you asked about that. Here's what our clients tell us who've really been successful with this. They say, you know what? All the strategy, all the things I worked on, all the past emotional hurt and trauma, things I need to work on, that was great. And I made great progress. But what kept me going was my faith. What kept me going for the long run was really developing that relationship that I have a loving Heavenly Father who does receive and accept me and I feel lovable, I feel that love, and therefore I'm truly able to love and care about others. That's what kept me going for the long term. And so I'm moving my focus away from food to people. I'm not mood altering with food anymore. I'm actually now putting my attention on serving others in a healthy way.
0: What's a success story that you've seen in someone's life who you've counseled at the center, a place of hope.
1: I recall a gal who, growing up a father said to her that you were chubby little baby and you were always gonna be chubby. And that was a message that she got growing up. Eventually got married, but still carrying around this message that in some way I'm not good enough for my father and he feels I'm chubby. And she really did begin to escape through food and secret eating and just so hurt. Mm -hmm she never turned to other addictions she didn't go into alcohol she didn't go into drugs but food was the main struggle so she ended up living out that she was chubby so she made herself that way and she had to disconnect that old message that was a faulty message that originated with her father and really ultimately forgive her father and understand man i've been carrying around this faulty Image And we even went back, we looked at pictures when she was young and a toddler in elementary school. She was not chubby. Wow. But that was the message, she was not. Now, here's the thing. She had to deal with her father, even though she's married. So holidays, they'd see each other. And she always felt around her father that she wasn't good enough or that he was looking at her and judging her. And now she's an adult and she's had kids, but she's still having those old feelings. And noticed that after she'd been around him, hour later or some time later, she just wanted to eat. Really? So it re-triggered those old feelings, and she just wanted to escape through food. She'd get teary and emotional and not really understand fully what was going on, but every time I'm around my dad, I feel bad about myself, and I want to go back and do those old behaviors. Right. And that's what she did.
0: Has you helped her disconnect that message that her father had given her that wasn't true? How did she change?
1: So she began to see herself different. Her self esteem and sense of self was healed. She radically accepted what had happened to her, forgave her father, which took some steps. It was not just an instant thing to decide. And she began to really take herself differently. She was well equipped. She was very proactive and she went into that situation and she reports back, you know what? Days later, I still hadn't felt like eating. I wasn't going back to my old ways. Something had changed. Wow! I saw my father for who he is and understand um, that, you know, where those words came from, and I forgive him. Wow. So that's that's just an example that at times there's some emotional hurt or Mm -hmm. trauma that is tied to our relationship with food and Mm -hmm. how we see ourselves.
0: You get to it and you can uncover it, that health is possible and... What a difference to live free like that. You kind of mentioned that in her case, she didn't go into other addictions. Do you find that if you start with Mm. a food addiction, it does lead to other addictions eventually?
1: Sometimes it can, because then I get real depressed. So now I'm really depressed because of my relationship with food. And I'm not eating healthy food. And I'm eating foods that actually make me depressed. I'm overloading on sugar. And then I go to the doctor. The doctor, I'm really unhappy. And then I get an antidepressant. And then I take that pill for a while and I keep engaging in my same old behavior and realizing, well, I don't feel that much better. I am taking this antidepressant. I'm not feeling any better, but I'm not really drawing the connection. Mm. So the depression is really a result of the behaviors that I'm engaging in. And I've got to change those.
0: You've spent a lot of time talking about strategy. What are some other ideas?
1: Well, know how things connect to the past. For example, if you were the kid that... Growing up, you tripped and fell, scraped your knee, and went inside, and you got a Band-Aid and an ice cream cone. <laughs> okay.
0: I was that kid. <laughs> yes. and it's
1: like, oh, honey, you'll feel better. This is after, you know, of course, the Band-Aid's on, and you get a treat. Now, this may sound silly, but today as an adult, you have a tough day, you want to go get that treat. <laughs> I'm looking for that comfort. What I started doing in my childhood with food, I probably am still doing today. And it is changeable. It is changeable, yes. There is our verse we started with, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and the final one is self-control. We can master that with food. Let's do it. There's got to be more than going back and forth. Then like a hero who takes the stage when we're on the edge of our seat saying it's too late, well let me introduce you to amazing. The more you focus on holiday temptations, the more anxious you'll feel about losing control of your eating. But your Heavenly Father doesn't want you to live that way. God's Word tells us over and over to fear not. Maybe you've realized that you've allowed a diet or food to control you. Why not let this be the day that you say, I'm taking my life back? I'm Dr. Greg Chance, and you've heard me mention my book, Hope, Help, and Healing for Eating Disorders. I've also talked about the center, a place of hope, where for the last 30 years, we've focused on a whole person approach to issues like this. I'd love to help you, give you more information so you can overcome what's become a vicious cycle and you can find that healthy balance. There can be peace and there can really be joy with food through the holidays. I want you to have our number. It's the center, a place of hope. It's 888 888- Seven seven one five one six six. 771 5166 Again, make note of this number. Call and find out what the options are. 888-771-5166. And I do want to thank you for listening to Life, Love & Family. My friend and colleague, Dr. Tim Clinton. He started this program to help encourage and equip families in today's world. For more information on the resources that are available, or to even share what you've heard today, visit... Life, Love, and Family.net. When temptation occurs, remember God's promise. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control.
0: Life, Love, and Family. Dan was so depressed, all he could do was lay in bed. He tried all different kinds of therapy, programs, medications. Nothing worked. But his wife says as soon as she saw the website, aplaceofhope.com, she knew that that was going to be the key to her husband's healing. And it was. aplaceofhope.com They don't just treat depression. They treat the whole person. If you've tried everything and you or someone you love needs help with depression, call 888-771-5166 or find out more. aplaceofhope.com com.